At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up of Evo. Welcome to Love Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beast Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Going to be joined by Melissa Amrita. She does a great job over there at Odds Checker and Sports Illustrated. She's going to be joining us as she's out there in the great state of New York. Actually, she's going to be at the Mets game tomorrow. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Mets. They're standing overall in the NL East. And on top of that, going to be taking a look at their game with the Miami Marlins. Going to be taking a look at Yankees versus Red Sox. And taking a look at all that we're getting in baseball right now. So we're going to have a great chat in the second segment. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And if you got one or two ways to be able to fire those in, first one is my Twitter timeline at GUNIT underscore 81. Keep in mind, let us see them. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. Arable Fire, whatever you like to hear on this podcast, via the five star review. Really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we had a great day of baseball on Friday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know that he seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. For the second time in the last three nights, the Dodgers wind up having a one run win. This after they started the year 51 and 29 with four one run wins in those first 80 games of the season, four to three. They take down the Cubs in 10 innings as the Cubs got a really good start out of Keegan Thompson. He winds up allowing one under run in five and two thirds innings, a CI Suzuki error wound up hurting him. From there, he did wind up having Chris Martin give up a solo run going deep for the Dodgers off of him. Mr. Jake Lamb, his first of the season, did wind up getting 
a third of an inning on Scott Efforts. Michael Givens winds up giving you a scoreless inning before David Robertson winds up blowing the save in the ninth, and then Rowanwick gives up an underrun in the tenth. As for the LA Dodgers, pretty solid start here from Tyler Anderson. He does wind up blowing home run. Three runs in total over the course of seven innings as Nico Horner gets his fifth home run season, but bullpen from there goes to work. Evan Phillips, Caleb Ferguson, and Yancey Almonte all leave this game with a buck 60 ERA or lower and all lend a scoreless setting. The Houston Astros, they go on the road. They get the job done against the Oakland A's. 8-3 the final as for Houston. Pair of home runs in this one. You wind up having Alex Bregman get his 11th home run season and Martin Maldonado in his 8th as those both come off of Paul Blackburn who Walks a plank, giving up six runs in four innings, including two homers. And going into this game, he had a 587 home ERA compared to a sub-2 ERA on the road. Very strange splits there, considering Oakland is so pitcher-friendly. Kirby Sneed and Sam Hall both deliver a scoreless inning. And Sam Selman, he gives up two runs in his inning of work. And Elvis Andrews was able to go yard for the A's. His sixth of the campaign, as that comes off of Jose Arikidi. He winds up giving up three runs in total over the course of eight innings, including that home run. Seth Martinez, scoreless inning from there for Houston to be able to get it done. The other top team out there in the American League, that'd be the Yankees, and they completely fumble the Boston Red Sox. 12-5 to is the final as for the Yankees. You do get a pair of bombs as Matt Carpenter, ninth home run of the season, and Josh Allenson is ninth. For Carpenter, he goes deep off uh, Mr. Michael Felice, who was sad that he had to come into this game and provide so much length. Three and a third innings, giving up two runs, one of which was earned, and Connor Siebel. He winds up getting eight outs. He gives up seven runs, all of which weren't, including that home run. Jackie Bradley Jr. had to come in and pitch a ninth inning, and Austin Davis gives up two runs and two innings. For Boston, you did wind up getting a pair of home runs off of Nestor Cortez as Trevor Story, 15th home run season. Bobby Dahlbeck is sixth for Cortez. He winds up going just three and two-thirds innings, giving up four runs along the way, including those two homers. Lucas Lutke out of the bullpen. Three and a third inning scoreless. The Yankees and the Astros. One, two in terms of bullpen area thus far this season. You had Albert Bayou give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And Miguel Castro, four outs out of the bullpen, scoreless for him. The Baltimore Orioles get it done against the LA Angels. Five to four, the finalists. Reed Detmers was let down by his bullpen in this one as he wound up having Detmers go six scoreless innings. Really the best start that he's had since his no-hitter. Jose Quijada, Ryan Tapera both give up a run in an inning. And then Rosiel Glacius. It's not going well for him right now. Three runs given up in two-thirds of an inning trying to make the save. And for the Angels, you got a little bit of offense in this one. Mike Trout goes deep off of Taylor Wells. 24th home run season. And Joey Otani gets a home run off the arm of Dylan Tate. His 19th home run season as Tate allows a run in an inning and gets the win. And for the starter, Mr. Wells gives up three runs over the course of four innings. But Orioles, they've got a top eight bullpen in terms of ERA. Other than that, Tate home run. There was nothing else around her. Keegan Aiken, along with both Solzer, give you a combined three scoreless innings, and Brian Baker, scoreless inning for the team as the Orioles. They go 5 of 10 with men in scoring position to be able to get the W. There was a walk-off Bach out there in Cincinnati as 2-1 was the final. Now, this was a Bach that probably should not have been called a Bach on Matt Weiser, but it was regardless, and... Wastes a good start from Shane McClanahan. Gives up one run over the course of six innings. That one run was on a brand new jury. Still the home run. 18th home run of the season. From there, Colin Pooch, Ryan Thompson, Jason Adam. All give you a scoreless inning. And for the race, they go just two of seven with Ben in scoring position. Not a lot doing off of Luis Castillo. Winds up 
allowing one run in seven innings from there. Alexis Diaz, fresh off the injured list, he gives you a scoreless inning along with Hunter Strickland and Joel Kunal for the Reds to be able to get it done by a count of 2-1, though. Got to be taking a look at this Reds team a little bit differently right now. They have been held down on offense, scoring four runs or fewer in all but one of their games thus far this month. And I think that they played a grand total of nine because they wound up having a double dip against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So certainly a cooling offense out there. The Detroit Tigers go on the road and they take down the Chicago White Sox. This by kind of seven to five as for Detroit, Derek Skubal. Best start in quite a while. First time in seven starts, they allowed fewer than three runs, giving up two in six innings, including a home run to Luis Robert, his 10th home run season. From there, you did have Jason Foley wind up having a bad relief appearance, giving up three runs in two-thirds of an inning, but Joey Jimenez, along with Michael Former, gave you a scoreless inning, and Tyler Alexander was able to give you an out of the bullpen, and Jameer Candelario, sixth home run season for him as Lucas Giolito's bad season continues, giving up five runs in six and two-thirds innings. He's allowed three-plus runs, and now seven out of his last nine starts. Joe Kelly was able to give you an out of the bullpen while giving up a run along the way. Matt Foster, Ronaldo Lopez, both give you a scoreless inning as the White Sox, 39-43 and 43 right now. And for the Detroit Tigers, all of a sudden, don't look now, but this is a team that they've been able to win five straight games. So they're starting to get a little bit hot. The Milwaukee Bears have been relatively cool with their offense, but they were able to get enough to be able to get the money line, not the run line. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates, 4-3 the finalized. Josh Hader, he winds up allowing a run in his ending of work. And for Josh Hader, all of a sudden, he's been giving up a few more runs as he's given up approximately one run in each out of his last three appearances. That's something that you do want to take note of. And for Aaron Ashby, relatively solid start. Gives up two runs over the course of five innings, including home run to Diego Cassio. Tenth home run season. From there, you did wind up having Trevor Gott, Hobie Milner, Devin Williams. I'll give you a scoreless ending. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, Willie Thomas goes deep off of Yuri De Los Santos. His 17th home run season as for the starter, JT Burbaker. Not great, not terrible. Three runs given up over the course of five innings. Manuel Benuelos was able to give you a scoreless inning. And then Yuri De Los Santos winds up giving up that solo home run. One run in total over the course of two innings. You had the New York Metropolitans wind up losing at home to the Miami Marlins. That's why kind of 5-2. to two. We're going to be talking about this with Melissa and Rita a little bit later. But for the Miami Marlins, a really good start from Pablo Lopez. Solo run given up over the course of five innings. Taking him deep was Brandon Nimmo. Eighth home run season. Then Steve Oker out of the bullpen would allow a bomb to Francisco Lindor. Fourteenth home run season as he allows a solo run over the course of his inning of work. But Dylan Flora, Anthony Bass, Tanner Scott... I'll give you a scoreless setting in. Garrett Cooper winds up being able to go deep for the Miami Marlins. His 17th home run of the season. That winds coming off of Drew Smith, who he came in after Chris Bassett. Had a relatively solid start. Two runs surrendered in six and a third innings. Smith, he lost two runs in his one and two-thirds innings. And then Jolie Rodriguez gives up a run in an inning. And for the Mets, all of seven men in scoring position. And it's been really a slog for their bullpen recently. It's been a slog recently for the Washington Nationals, as it has been all season long. The Atlanta Rays. They hit him up 12-2 the final. Eric Fetty Wap got whopped all over. Eight runs surrendered in three innings, including three home runs. Going deep for the Atlanta Braves. Matt Olson, 13th home run season. Ronald Acuna Jr., his eighth. You wind up having William Contreras get his 11th home run season. Then off of Erasmo Ramirez, Michael Harris the second would be able to get his seventh home run season as... For Erasmo Ramirez, he winds up giving up two runs in his two and a third innings of work. Jordan Weems, two scoreless innings, but not so bad that Alcides Escobar wound up having to come in and pitch for the second time this week, giving up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. By the way, I don't think that he's played the field at all this week, but has pitched twice. So, very interesting what they're 
trying to do there. And for the Atlanta Braves, Charlie Morton, another great start. Allows two runs over the course of seven innings for Charlie Morton after he had given up three plus runs in eight out of 11 starts. He's now given up two runs or fewer in each out of his last five starts, giving up a total of six runs in that time span. Colin McHugh, Jake Stevens, both able to give you a scoreless inning as the Braves. They wind up going four of eight with men in scoring position. And how about this recent run that the Atlanta Braves have been on as on June 1st, entering into the month, they were 23 and 27. And since the beginning of the month of June, they are now 27 and 12. So as a good 39 game stretch for them. My DK Nation pick was on the Cleveland Guardians, and this was a rough one. Guardians were up by a count of three to one going into the bottom of the eighth. They wind up allowing a Whitmere Field home run in the eighth, and then they allow the game-winning single in the ninth after they wound up squandering bases loaded. Four to three, the final as for the Cleveland Guardians. You did have Framil Reyes go deep off of Brady Singer. Eighth home run of the season to be able to bust things open for Singer. Gives up three runs over the course of seven innings from their Joel Payoffs. Scott Barlow, they both give you a scoreless inning. And for the Kansas City Royals, they wind up having Whit Merrifield get that home run off of Eli Morgan, his fifth of the season after. It was a good start for Aaron Savali. One run surrendered over the course of seven innings from there. Eli Morgan gives up two runs in an inning and Sam Entages. Why he came in this game instead of Emmanuel Classe, I don't know, but he wound up allowing one run in a third of an inning, and they were hurt by a fielding error by Demid Rosario a little bit earlier in this one as well. So that's not great for a Cleveland Guardian team that has now lost five straight games to the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. Bad stretch there. It's been a little bit of an up-and-down stretch for the Texas Rangers. They had entered into this one. Losers of four straight. They bust out of that funk. Six of five. They wind up taking down the Minnesota Twins as 55 shades of John Gray wound up allowing five runs in five and a third innings. If only it was five and five. It really could have been a five and five, but he does wind up allowing two bombs in this one. Going deep for the Minnesota Twins, Carlos Correa is 10th home run season, and Ryan Jeffers is 6th, but bullpen at his back. Gary Richards, a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Brock Burke, Dennis Santana, Brett Martin. I'll give you a scroll ascending in for the Texas Rangers. Corey Seager winds up being able to go deep for his 17th home run season. That comes off of Caleb Theobar as the Rangers got all six of their runs in the fifth inning. For Theobar, he winds up giving up one run in a third of an inning. And for Sonny Gray, it was just a blow-up inning that the home run off of Theobar wound up being the explanation point. Four, four and two-thirds innings, giving up five runs along the way. Drell Cotton was able to give you two scoreless innings. And Emilio Pagan, he winds up giving you a scoreless inning as the Minnesota Twins, two of 13. With men in scoring position, you did wind up having the Philadelphia Phillies go to St. Louis and get a 2-0 win as Zach Wheeler, he was wheeling and dealing. Seven scoreless innings, Sir Anthony Dominguez, right in. They both give you a scoreless inning from there and both runs in this game off of Alec Bohm's solo home runs. His fifth and sixth home runs of the season as Adam Wainwright did not pitch a bad game. He winds up pitching a complete game, giving up five hits. Two of those hits flew over the fence via Alec Bohm, but he needed his part. Problem was... The St. Louis Cardinals just currently very, very cold in terms of their offense. This is a bunch that they have all of a sudden scored three runs or fewer in each out of their last six games. And if you want to date it back a little bit further, they have scored three runs or fewer in eight out of their last nine contests. So not necessarily going well for that St. Louis offense. Going just fine for the Colorado Rockies offense. As they go on the road, they take down the ears into Diamondbacks by kind of six of five as Chad Cool. Not necessarily super cool, giving up four runs over the course of five innings, but enough to be able to get the win as he did wind up allowing a home run to Sergio Alcantara, second home run season, and Joshua Ross is fifth of the campaign. Bullpen at his back, though. Robert Stevenson, Lucas Gilbreth, Jake Bird, I'll give you a scoreless inning before Alex Calme gives up a run in his inning of work. And for the Colorado Rockies, Chris Bryant powered the team to victory. Pair of bombs, his second and third of the campaign. He goes deep off of Zach Allen and then Nick Nelson for Zach Allen. Gives up four runs over the course of five innings. He's given up two plus runs that I believe each out of his last eight starts now. So he has been starting to regress. Sean Poppin 
gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning. Kyle Nelson, a scoreless inning. And then Keenan Middleton, Luke Weaver, two and a third innings, scoreless. But the Colorado Rockies do enough to be able to get a rare road win for them. For the San Diego Padres, they wind up taking down the San Francisco Giants by a count of 6-3. As it was a bullpen game of sorts for the San Francisco Giants. Sammy Long gets the open, giving up three runs in two and a third innings, including a home run to Manny Machado, 14th home run of the season. From there, the rest of the bullpen guys didn't do bad. John Brebbia. Gives you four outs without giving up a run. Zach Liddell gives you four outs. He gave up one run along the way. Jake McGee does give up two runs in an inning, but Tyler Rogers winds up giving you two scoreless innings. And for the San Francisco Giants, pair of home runs in this one. Brandon Belt was able to get his sixth home run of the season. Then the new guy, David VR, was able to get his first home run of the season for the Padres. First win of the season for Blake Snell. He gives up just the solo home run. I believe that was the one to VR while punching out 11 in his six innings of work. Nick Martinez gives up two runs and the other home run in his three innings of work to be able to get a three-inning save. A bit of a rarity in this day and age of Major League Baseball. And then this is one that is going on as I do this podcast right now. I have to post this up by midnight Pacific, but right now it looks like we're going to be going to extra innings. We're only about in the ninth inning between the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays, and it is 2-2 as both of the gentlemen that wound up starting this game they were interesting to say the least. Ross Stripling gives up two runs over the course of five innings on seven hits. And for George Kirby, he winds up surrendering just two runs while giving up ten hits and a walk in four and a third innings. Both of these teams have squandered quite a few opportunities, especially the Toronto Blue Jays, who are currently two of 15 with men in scoring position. So there is that part of it. And both of these bullpens have been relatively solid. Tim Meza and Adam Simmer combined for two scoreless sayings. Jimmy Garcia able to give you a scoreless saying. David Phelps is trying to send this thing to extras. And for the Seattle Mariners, Ben Murphy, pair of outs out of the bullpen. Andres Munoz along Diego Casillo both give you a scoreless saying. And Paul Seawald and Ken Giles. They combined to be able to give you two scoreless settings as well. And if you're taking a look at what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now from a time perspective, the bookmakers have really been able to dial it in in terms of these totals. We all remember at the beginning of the season the high amount of unders. We've seen a little bit more of an under, I guess you'd call it, stretch recently. 200 unders to 185 overs over the last 30 days. And in that time span, underdogs are having a little bit of a better go of it. 235 and 170 straight up is what favorites are. They're hitting at a 58% clip. And for home favorites, it's been so fascinating to take a look at this stat. You've had home favorites over the last three days go 153 and 110. 50 of those 153 wins by home favorites by approximately one run to not be able to cover the run line. And taking a look more specifically at the last week, home favorites, they are 34 and 27, which that's about a 55.5% hit rate. And out of those 34 wins, 12 have failed to cover the run line. And in the last seven days as well, 52 unders of 40 overs. So we've seen a little bit of an under week, I guess you could say, in Major League Baseball. And overall for the season, unders are hitting a 51.8% clip. 612 unders, 569 overs. And for the season, underdogs hitting at about 40.6% favorites are 739 and 505 straight up. And take a look at home favorites overall for the season, 468 and 328 straight up. But among these 468 home favorites, 149 have been one-run wins to not be able to cover the run line. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up getting on Friday. Now let's turn the page forward to Saturday, and let's get a little bit of a New York state of mind with Melissa Amarita. Does a great job over there at Odds Checker, and she's going to be joining me next as we talk about the New York teams, the NL East, and so much more right here on the Baseball Wedding Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the Visa Family Podcast. At Bed365, 
365. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts, and great to be joined by our guest as Wilsa Amrita is doing absolutely amazing work over there at Odds Checker. Does a good job being able to dive into a little bit of everything, and this time of year, she does a great job taking a look at baseball. She is out there in the great state of New York, and you're able to follow her on Twitter at her name, Melissa Amrita. Last name is spelled A-M-R-I-T-A. And Melissa, great to have you aboard. Thank you. All right, guys. I'm excited to be here. Let's just get straight into it. Yes, let's get straight into it because you were talking with me a little bit earlier, and I know that you're actually going to be at the first game that we're going to be taking a look at, the Miami Marlins and the New York Mets. It's going to be Carlos Carrasco who's going to be going on the mound for the Mets, and we've got Braxton Garrett on the bump for the Miami Marlins. And relatively chalky line on this one with the Mets find themselves minus 170 to minus 180. What are your expectations here, and what are your expectations for just the ballpark experience at City Field? Because I've heard that it's a pretty good one. Okay, I am a huge Yankees fan, and I I hope no one gets mad at me, but I have <laughs> to say that City Field is almost like a way better experience. I'm saying almost so like I can get myself out of the loo on that one. <laughs> the Mets and the Marlins are currently tied right now at the bottom of the fourth, one-to-one. I bet them tonight. I don't know if I'm being biased because I'm actually originally from Queens, I'm still a Yankees fan, guys, though, for everyone that knows. But I do think that Cookie Carrasco takes it home for us. What do you got for us? When it comes to the Miami Marlins, if they're able to get up to, I would say, about a plus 155-ish, I'd be willing to take a shot there. I think that the plus 160 is starting to get a little bit too demonstrative. And the big thing with the Mets is the bullpen, because when it comes to that, they've been a little bit up and down with that. They're using guys like Tommy Hunter and company to try to give them some innings. And I'm not sure what your thoughts are on Jonas Medina, but I thought that he was doing a solid job for the Mets. And they're without him right now, relatively solid long guy. And with the Miami Marlins, just been a team that has been able to do a good job with their pitching, but has not necessarily been able to lend a lot of hitting as well. So I think that that's a little bit of an interesting dynamic here as well. If they do end up winning tonight, they're right now plus 152. I only see that line going down. Now is the best time to take them if you ever were going to take the Marlins. But I do want to say they are retiring Keith Hernandez's jersey tomorrow at the city field so that might i feel like whenever we're retiring a legends jersey we always get like a little bit of um from the team that is so that might be the move i'm just saying i do think that when it comes to the mets it's a team that i'm very bullish on with regards to a futures perspective and with carlos grasco <laughs> if you're going to be looking to back him it's always better to back him at home rather than on the road he just seems to have some road struggles he's been posting up in the area right around six on the road, more like a three, six at home. You know that you're going to be able to get some innings out of him because he doesn't wind up giving up a lot of walks. So that's relatively solid. And I think that the Mets should be a sizable favorite, but once you get north of, I would say that plus 150 number, I think that it just is a case in which you've got to look either at the Mets run line or at the Miami Marlins money line. And I think that it might be just too difficult to get enough scoring here for a Mets run line. And with the Mets, it's been a good year for them, but Ironically enough, they're not even the best team in the city right now. And you mentioned it. You're a Yankees fan. And right now, it's the biggest rivalry in baseball, Yankees versus Red Sox. And as of right now, we have absolutely no idea who's going to be going for Boston, especially after they wound up giving up seven runs in the first three innings yesterday. It did not wind up going well for our good friend, Connor Siebold. And right now, from everything that I'm seeing, it might wind up being Cutter Crawford, another 
young gun for the Boston Red Sox going in. We know that it's going to be Jordan Montgomery for the New York Yankees, but I just take a look at this Yankees team, and it's Yankees number one in the American League, and number two, it's the Houston Astros, and then everyone else is fighting for third place. I thought that perhaps the Boston Red Sox could be able to rise up, perhaps be that number three team, but right now not been a good look for them in this series. Listen, I love it. Uh, my Yankees have been dominating. They're on pace to have just as many wins as the 98 Yankees. And remember, we went. Derek Jeter was like his second year, if I'm not mistaken. He went off. I'm super excited to see where this goes. Jordan Montgomery is a lefty pitcher. And like I said, we love lefty pitchers here. If you're like a fan like I am, they've just been dominating. And I'm super excited to see where this goes. I'm super excited also that they, what are they right now? Seven and two. We're at like the bottom of the third. Seven and two at the bottom of the third. We're looking good. Yesterday's game was insane, though. If you had bet a Nerfy and you had bet the over, you would have won. And we know those odds get bounced up because of the what's the word I'm looking for? Just like the different the juice, yeah, yeah. And they just and it would have been successful. So let's see what happens. I'm hoping that the Red Sox don't come back. I don't see them coming back because they have been looking in awful form. What are you thinking here, Greg? I'm thinking that it's going to be a tough series for the Red Sox. And I was actually talking with Matt Peralt. He does a good job with props.com. Used to be over there at Sportsmap Radio. And he threw out there a stat that I wasn't aware of until about 48 hours ago. And the Boston Red Sox have not won a series against an American League East foe all season long because this is one of the most stacked divisions that we've ever seen. With the season right now, if it were to end today, you'd have the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, along with the Rays and the Yankees all in the playoffs, and the Yankees in that division have a double-digit lead, which I think speaks to the sheer dominance of it. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's 14 games, if I'm not wrong here, but it's a crazy lead. It's a great time to live in New York and be a baseball fan. That's all I have to say on this one. Yep, and I mean, as of right now, we're not able to bet on this game as we've got right now because it's to be determined, but I tell you right now, with it being Jordan Montgomery, if they wind up getting Cutter Crawford, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, I'm willing to make the Yankees a minus 170 on the road favorite. And with this Yankees versus Red Sox series, though, the one thing that I will say is that I'd feel a little bit of trepidation taking the run line. I felt very good that I wanted taking the money line in what we wound up seeing on Thursday between Winkowski along with Garrett Cole because it just always feels like strange strange things do wind up happening in this rivalry. And I do think that there are certain spots where even if you do see a little bit of value on something like an alternate run line, a just normal run line, things like that, playing it safe sometimes is a little bit better when it comes to things like Yankees versus Red Sox where these two teams, they just hate each other so much and they know each other like the back of their hand. Yeah, no, I know. This rivalry has been dominating my life since I last can't remember. And baseball is my least favorite sport. <laughs> so it'll be an interesting watch. This is the second game in this series. I honestly think the Yankees are just going to dominate the whole series at this point. And honestly, when you take a look at the New York Yankees, I'm not sure your thoughts on this, but if there's one guy that's overvalued right now, it is the guy that wound up going on Thursday in Garrett Cole and everyone else for the Yankees that's been providing relatively solid value, like Nestor Cortez, guy that we're going to be seeing on Saturday, Jordan Montgomery, sub two walks for nine innings. He's been terrific. If you bet $100 on every one of Jamison Tyon's bets, he's been one of the top five pitchers in terms of making you money amongst starters in all the MLB. So, I mean, the way that I'm looking at the Yankees is 
Garrett Cole is starting to get overpriced, but everyone else behind him, they've really been doing their job and they've been lending solid value even with these chalky money line prices. Garrett Cole is a big name, so it does make sense that he's been overjuiced on these values. So I do agree with you on that. But I do think that the Yankees, they're going somewhere. I'm hoping we see Yankees World Series. I might be just a little biased here as someone <laughs> who's been an entire lifelong Yankees fan. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I am excited about New York baseball. And I can't say that I've been saying this very often throughout my career of watching sports. And when it comes to the New York Yankees as well, that bullpen has been absolutely magnificent as well. So if you've had a lot of games in which it comes down to the final inning, you need the Yankees to give you a one, two, three inning to be able to get the under. They've been able to do a very solid job there as we do have Melissa Amrita joining me on the podcast. Does a terrific job over there at Odds Checker. And we've got another big series that's going to be going down. This one out there in the National League. This is a pair of teams that they're going to be fighting playoff spots in the Philadelphia Phillies and the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, we're doing this right around 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. And as of right now, the Phillies versus Cardinals game is in a rain delay. So if we do wind up seeing the game on Friday, wind up getting washed out, that is going to cause for a little bit of an interesting ordeal. You might wind up having some subbed out starters. You might wind up having a double dip. But as it stands right now, going to be Dakota Hudson against Kyle Gibson and a relative pick and price St. Louis Cardinals. They're a little bit of a small favorite. And you're talking about the Yankees versus Red Sox rivalry. I'm someone from the great state of Wisconsin and the St. Louis Cardinals are the bane of my existence because they just seem like they're <laughs> the villain from a slasher movie in which you think that you've killed this team like 15 times. And every time you kill them, not only do they wind up coming back, but as you are running away from said villain, they are gaining ground on you as they are just merely walking. That is the St. Louis Cardinals to a T, but I mean, they've been struggling a little bit, but this is not a team that I want to be going up against right now. The offense has been relatively solid. I'm not just sure your thoughts on Phillies versus St. Louis Cardinals, but I think that Dakota Hudson going to be able to do a solid job against a guy in Kyle Gibson that just over the last few years in general has struggled on the road. Well, I can't lie to you. As a New Yorker, I am not a fan of any any Phillies team <laughs> at all. So I'm totally in on the St. Louis Cardinals. I think they've won like one more game than the Phillies. It's a pretty even match. The lines are locked right now on FanDuel. So we're going to have to wait on that one. But it should be an interesting matchup. Yep. And when it comes to that National League East race in general, we were talking about the Mets a little bit earlier. I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how this winds up shaking up between they and the Atlanta Braves coming into the weekend. The Mets had between a two and two and a half game lead and the Atlanta Braves they've been white hot if they wind up losing to the Washington Nationals on Saturday that would be a surprise to me Patrick Corbin he's been absolutely terrible the Nationals are four <laughs> and 13 in his starts they out of those 13 losses I believe 11 have been my two plus runs as well but I think what is really going to be worth watching throughout the summer is how that Mets versus Atlanta Braves just sort of tango out there in the National League East winds up turning out as well because I do think that when the Mets wind up getting their reinforcements, Ben Maxers are wanting making his first start in quite a while, a little bit earlier this week, looked tremendous against the Cincinnati Reds. I still think that the Mets are going to be the team to beat out there in the National League East. I don't know if you see this any other way, but I still think that the Mets, despite the fact that the Braves have been gaining ground on them, I still like them to be able to pull out this division. Well, I mean, I love what you're saying because I am still a huge New York fan, um, <laughs> but we have to also take into consideration that it is the Reds. I mean, Max Scherzer is phenomenal regardless. So we'll see how this plays out. He did just come back. So 
that's what I have to say on that topic. But we have to take into consideration he did play against the Reds. They're not the best team. <laughs> no, they are not. But I will say this about the Reds. In terms of runs per game at home, they are actually a top five team out there in the big leagues. On the road, they're just absolutely terrible. And boy, the fact <laughs> that the Mets scored zero runs in that game, that actually speaks to me a whole heck of a lot more because that Reds bullpen North of a 70 RA over the last 30 days. That is just a little bit ghastly right there. As we do have Melissa Amrita does a great job over there at Odd Checker. She is joining me right here on the podcast. And Melissa, when it comes to what we've all got on Saturday, we've ran through a few games. We've hit on the two New York teams. Is there anything else in particular that you're going to be taking a look at, whether it be from a bet or just a game in particular that you want to find out a little bit more about a pitcher or a team? Well, Greg, you are pulling my chain here because it is a little early in the night. Yes, it is. I don't even know. <laughs> One thing that does jump out at me is the Astros. They've been playing great. Valdez is nasty. And I think that it might be an opportunity to look at the run line. They're playing the Oakland Athletics, and I feel like I don't have to say anything else <laughs> at this point. The Oakland Athletics have other things on their mind. Are they moving to Vegas? They're worried about a lot of things. They're in a rebuilding. Frambar is excellent. And he's faced better lineups than the Oakland Athletics. I feel like that can be said. And he's completely dominated. So I will be taking a look at that. And with the Oakland A's, we don't know who's going to be starting right now. It's looking like it was going to be Cole Irvin. Right now, I'm seeing Zach Lowe getting the start on ESPN.com. So that is a big old CBD right there. But got to figure that the Astros are going to be a sizable favorite. And in the last start that Fran Bervaldez had... He wound up being a part of that just Astros team that wanted striking out 20 LA Angels in nine innings. So good luck to the Oakland A's who in their <laughs> game on Friday, they did not have a single player in the starting lineup in a 250 or greater or had more than 10 home runs. So that tells you right there. And hey, if they do end up moving out to lovely Las Vegas, I probably should be able to get some cheap tickets there. And I know that's oh. someone that absolutely loves being able to take in some baseball and is actually going to be at the Mets game on Saturday. That'd be you, Melissa. You do an absolutely amazing job over there at Odd Checker. And I know you're someone that you do a great job when it comes to taking a look at the NFL as well. I know that you're holding it down out yes. there in the great state of New York doing a great job in a wide variety of markets. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you got going on in general. Yes, Greg, you're going to have to invite me on for some NFL. I mean, I'm telling you guys, don't tell my Giants picks, my New York Giants, because I might be a little <laughs> biased. But other than that, I do know a thing or two. So I'm excited. I'm hoping to talk to you soon, Greg. And we'll see where it goes. It's It's been a lot of fun. I love sports gambling. I'm a D-Gen just like you. So we're good to go. Absolutely. And that's what we like on this <laughs> show just people that just want to have a lot of action and when it comes to the nfl season i do think that it's going to be amazing with the new york giants it might be a little bit tough out there for them in the nfc east we're hearing a lot of buzz about the philadelphia eagles i'm not buying into that hype personally that's just me and i'll be talking Ooh. about that a lot on decent but that said it is going to be a great year and melissa she's doing an amazing job over there at odds checker Right now, doing a great job holding it down in the game of baseball. When it comes to the football season, she'll be firing all cylinders on that as well. So big thanks to Melissa for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this NLB Saturday as we touch the ball. At Bet365. 
Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because it ain't me. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. 
This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Big thanks to Melissa Amrita. Does a great job over there at Odds Checker. She joined me in the last segment, doing a good job holding it down in the great northeast part of the country. So, big thanks there for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MOB Saturday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed, at unit underscore D1. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation, or this is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. We do have a couple TBD starters, but... Most of the board is relatively known, so that should be able to help for a nice clean day here. As we start with 901, 902 on the banging board, the Philadelphia Phillies, they throw the facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals. As Dakota Hudson is going to be on the bump for the Cards, and Kyle Gibson is on the bump for the Phillies. The Phillies, anywhere between even money to minus 105, and when it comes to the Cardinals, slight favorite, anywhere between minus 108 and minus 115, with 8.5 being your total over and under, both at minus 110. I did wind up making this total an 8.8. I'm going to be taking a look at the over. You've got a guy in Kyle Gibson that, with both the Texas Rangers and the Philadelphia Phillies, last two seasons, has been a little bit of a different pitcher on the road than he has been at home. You take a look at him this year, 4.01 ERA at home, which isn't great, but it isn't terrible. On the road, this winds up sinking to a 6.34, and it's not even the fact that he's given up a bunch of home runs on the road. As a matter of fact, his home runs per nine rate is worse at home, but opponents are getting a 2.93 off of him. Command has been a little bit off with him, right around 2.8-ish walks per nine innings, although it is better than that of Dakota Hudson. Hudson only gets five strikeouts per nine innings, and yet he gives up over four walks per nine innings. He's a master at being able to get ground balls, but it's a dangerous game that you don't want to necessarily be playing, especially against Philadelphia Phillies team that they do a good job of being able to put back to ball. Kyle Schwarber entering into Friday. 27 home runs, only in a 225, but good on base percentage, hovering right around 335, and then a lot of guys towards the middle of the fold. Inning about a 242, I would say about a 252. Didi Gregorius, Odubo Herrera. When he's been out there, you own Camargo, Nick Cassianos, Reese Hoskins, JT Muto, And then with Hoskins, he has been white hot over the last month, hitting above a 300 for the St. Louis Cardinals. Juan Yepes has been able to do a nice job of being able to move the line. He's hitting about a 275. Tommy Edmond has 19 stolen bases. He's hitting right around 260 along Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman, and then you throw in there Brendan Donovan, good table setter, hitting about a 290 along with Nolan Arenado. And Arenado, along with his 290 batting average, 17 home runs, and then Paul Goldschmidt, MVP candidate, 19 bombs, hitting a 342. He has been absolutely tremendous for this bunch. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, they've got a little bit of a leg up in terms of the bullpen as well. You've got a lot of guys that are able to give you multiple innings. Zach Thompson has really been impressive for this team as he's someone that's a little bit of a younger guy and wouldn't be surprised if he's a starter when it's all said and done. Genesis Cabrera is now off the injured list. He's been someone that's been able to be used for even at times three innings. Junior Fernandez, Giovanni Gallegos have been rock solid along with Ryan Elsley. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, over the last 15 days, they've actually got the best bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues over the last 
five weeks, it's been more of a top 10 bullpen. Now, they've been dealing with some moving parts. Michael Kelly is now in that bullpen. Nick Nelson, not necessarily trustworthy, but Sir Anthony Dominguez has been terrific. Brad Hand, he has been able to do a nice job as well. And Corey Knable has been able to adjust to that seventh inning role as well. But with that said, I do think that this is going to be a case which Kyle Gibson, his road struggles are going to be popping up a little bit here, which is why I did wind up saying the Cardinals at a minus 118. I do think that both of these starters are going to struggle a little bit against very good offenses. The Cardinals one of the better over teams out there in baseball. So set my total at an 8.8 looking over and going to be looking to lay it here with the Cardinals. 903-904 on the betting board. The New York Mets, they are going to be playing us to the Miami Marlins as Braxton Garrett is going to be on the bump for the Fish. And Carlos Carrasco is on the bump for the Metropolitans. The Mets find themselves anywhere between minus 170 and minus 180 favorites. Meanwhile, in your day, you're to look at the Fish. You're going to be finding the many work between plus 150 and plus 158. Your total on this game in between 8 and 8.5. And on the 8.5, the under is minus 120 and the over is even. And on the 8, over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. And the under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And hey, Melissa's actually going to be at the Mets game. It was good to be able to talk with her about this one. And this is a situation where I needed at least a plus 160 to be able to take a shot on the Marlins. We have yet to be able to get there. And if you're taking a look at this Mets run line, you're finding it at a plus 115. I would need a little bit closer to a plus 117. I'm going to be gauging late night line movement here because this did open up with the Mets being more around a minus 185. And if they get back to a minus 185, that'd be my buy point on the Miami Marlins. I do think that the Marlins should be an underdog, but if I'm able to get north of a plus 160, which it is sort of trending that way, I'm going to be willing to fire in on them because you do have someone in Braxton Garrett who, when he wound up getting called up to the big leagues in past years, really the big thing that wound up hurting him was the walks, and he's been a little bit better this year in terms of his command. Seven walks in 29 and two-thirds innings. He's given up two home runs in 29 and two-thirds innings. If you take a look at the fielding independent as compared to the ERA, seems like he's doing for a little bit of positive progression as he's been a little bit unlucky on balls in play with opponents hitting nearly a 300 off of him. And then Carlos Carrasco, he has been significantly better at home rather than on the road. 363 home ERA, 611 ERA on the road, 6-1 record. While he's been at home, by the way, with four home runs and 17 walks surrendered over the course of 52 innings. So has been able to do a nice job there now. He himself has been giving up quite a bit of contact. Opponents during a raid around a 275 off of him, but he's backed up by a little bit of a better bullpen as well. For the Mets, it has been a little bit of regression in terms of this bullpen. They've been trying to mix and match with guys like Tommy Hunter. They've got Jason Shreve currently on the injury list. Joey Lee Rodriguez, not as he's been too terrific for the team, but Edwin Diaz, he has been terrific for this punch. And then when it comes to Miami Marlins, it's been a little bit of a hot mess with the bullpen recently as well, but you still have Anthony Bass. He's been able to provide a sub-two ERA. Now, you need more out of guys like Richard Blyer, Dylan Floro, Zach Pop, these guys with a four-plus ERA, Jimmy Yacobonis. Not necessarily been too terrific, but with the Miami Marlins, you do have guys they are able to get on base. They've had a couple reinforcements when it comes to this lineup as Brett Anderson has been able to a little bit below a 275. Joey Wendell, he's hitting well above a 280. Garrett Cooper, he's hitting above a 300 for this bunch, but what is really lacking is the power. Jazz Chislam along with Ode Soler, your top two home run hitters. These two guys are currently out of the fold, though you still have A.C. Saguier hitting right around 250 double-digit amount of homers, and for the New York Mets, it's a bunch of they really do a good job as a collective of just being able to get on base. Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Mark Hanna, Starling Marte, all these guys are hitting at least a 273, and with Marte, he's hitting more like a 295 right now. Jeff McNeil sitting above a 300 as well. Guys towards the bottom of the fold, Dom Smith, Eduardo Escobar, they do need to pick it up a little bit, so I do think that this is going to be a spot in which both of these pitchers, they're going to be able to land a relatively okay start, but I do have fear that the bullpen 
Going to wind up setting this one on fire a little bit, which is why at an 8, I'd be taking a look at it over. The only 8.5 I'm seeing is at DraftKings, and being out of here in Las Vegas, I do not have access to DraftKings, so I'm looking at an 8 over right now, and I'm going to be gauging a little bit of late-night line movement, but I think that this should be able to get to north of a plus 160 on the Miami Marlins, and if that's the case, I'm going to be firing it on them, and if we wind up getting more like a plus 120, plus 125 on that Mets run line, I'd be looking to nibble there. So waiting on a little bit of late-night line movement on that one. 905, 906 on the main board, the Atlanta Braves, they're going to be playing us to the Washington Nationals, says Patrick Corbin is going to be on the bump for the Nats, and Kyle Wright hopes to be Mr. Wright for the Atlanta Braves, and the Braves, they are finding themselves in between a minus 225 and a minus 235 favorite, and with the Nats, it's anywhere between plus 190 and plus 212. Total on this game is 9 over anywhere between minus 120, minus 130, and the under as anywhere between even at plus 110. And when it comes to Atlanta, set them as a minus 258 favorite. Patrick Corbin has just become an almighty fade. Boy, how the mighty have fallen because this guy in 2019 was one of the toasts of Washington along with Max Scherzer after what they wanted doing in the World Series. And now he's went to the poo-poo platter of bad pitchers as he is currently 4-10, giving up 1.4 home runs per 9 innings, right around 3.1 walks per 9. His strikeout numbers have fallen even though his velocity has actually went up a little bit and this guy has just been terrible on the road. 4.56 home ERA for Patrick Corbin. 7.39 ERA on the road with opponents seeing a 3.52 off of him. He's actually been a little bit unlucky to his defense, but I mean, it's just really not going well in general. And you just take a look at all of the starts that Patrick Corbin has been able to make this season. He has made 17 in total, and the Washington Nationals just have not been able to scrape out wins in any of them. They're currently 4 and 13 on those starts, and I believe 11 of those losses are by two plus runs. Meanwhile, for Kyle Wright, he has been Mr. Wright for this Atlanta Braves team. They have won four out of his last five starts, and for Wright, he comes in having given up just one earned run over the course of his last two starts, only 11 innings in total, and he has been giving up the deep ball a little bit more, but still, only giving up about a half home run per nine innings for the season, three walks per nine, so he's really been able to rein that in, and he's got good swing and miss stuff. He's able to give you a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings, three home ERA, 275 ERA on the road, and backed up by a lineup that has been absolutely magnificent for this Atlanta Braves team, as you've got Austin Riley who's been able to slug out 21 home runs. He, along with Ronald Acuna Jr., William Contreras, lying between about a 265 to 275, and then you've got Dansby Swanson, 14 home runs, 14 stolen bases, and a 300 batting average going into Friday, Marcelo Zuna. They'll pick it up with regards to power numbers as well. They've got Eddie Rosario back in the fold as well. For the Nationals, the issue for this team is not getting on base. You've got a guy in Luis Garcia hitting above a 300. Josh Bell hitting a 310, 12 home runs. You've got Juan Soto who needs to pick it up a little bit more. Only in a 235, the on-base has still been there, but you just expected more from a guy who was the odds-on favorite to be able to win National League MVP than 15 home runs at a 235 batting average. But, I mean, even Yadier Hernandez has been able to 270 for the team. Kibar Ruiz, Cesar Hernandez, sitting between about a 250 to 260. These guys have been rock solid, but they're currently dead last in the National League in terms of home runs, and they are a team that just doesn't have much of a bullpen whatsoever, as you've got Steve Ciszek, who's posting up right around a 5-ERA. Kyle Finnegan has honestly been too terrific as a veteran. Tan Rainey now is the north of a 3-5-ERA. Andres Machado, Erasmo Ramirez. These guys have a 450-ERA or greater and for the Atlanta Braves. Top team in terms of bullpen ERA out there in the National League. Dillon Lee has been able to give you some good innings. Tyler Mazik, who was a big-time hero in the postseason last year, 
He is back in the fold. Jesse Chavez is a little bit of a long guy. He's been able to give you a three ERA, so got plenty of weapons. When it comes to the San Atlanta Braves bullpen, I think that they should be able to thoroughly dominate a Washington national team that they get on base and they're able to generate a few runs, but they don't necessarily have a lot of pop in the bat. With regards to the Braves are online, I was willing to lay up to a minus 140 on it. Right now, we're finding it any routine, minus 110 to a minus 120. Most of the national starts with Patrick Corbin out there on the mound. They have lost them by multiple runs. I think that that trend is going to continue, so I'm going to be taking a look at the Braves on the run line, reduce the juice there. Semi total on the 9.2 with the way that Corbin and the bullpen is pitching, so looking over and looking Braves run line. 907, 908 on the bank board. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they're going to be playing us to the Colorado Rockies. Kyle Freeland is going to be going for the Rockies in Mad Bum. Madison Bumgarner on the bump for Arizona. Arizona's finding themselves anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120 favorites. Meanwhile, for Colorado, you're going to be finding them in between even money and a plus 105, and this game is nine. The over and the under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Made my total an 8.4, so I'm going to be taking a look at an under. And with Arizona, I did wind up making them a minus 132 favorite. Madison Bumgarner not going to go out there and give you as many strikeouts as he was able to towards the beginning part of his career, but still has been relatively solid for this team. He's given up three walks per nine innings. Home runs per nine rate, you'd like to see it be a little bit lower than 1.3 home runs per nine innings, but out there in the desert, 323 OMERA compared to a 438 ERA on the road. And opponents running right around a 263 off of him. He's not necessarily backed up by a great bullpen, but you do have a couple guys like Joe Manette, Tipley, Kyle Nelson. You're able to throw in their shot pop and that have a sub-3-5 ERA for the Colorado Rockies. This has been a bottom five bullpen all season long in terms of ERA, but if you take a look over the last five weeks, they have been a team that has been more towards league average in terms of their bullpen. Jake Bird has been able to give this team some solid innings. A big trepidation that you've got with this team is that you got a lot of guys with demonstrative home and road splits. Someone like Lucas Gilbreth, for example. Buck 35 Omiari, north of a 6 ERA on the road. Carlos Estevez, he's got an ERA that's hovering right around 5. Not necessarily too big of home and road splits. He just stinks no matter where he winds up going. Ty Block is one of these guys as well, but... They've got really the best road pitcher out there in Kyle Freeland. Someone who's posted up a 523 home ERA, but a 340 road ERA. And Kyle Freeland is actually known best for being someone that pitches very well at Coors Field. He's given up just three home runs in 39 and two-thirds innings on the road. His swing and miss stuff has not necessarily been supreme by any stretch of the imagination. Right around 62 strikeouts per nine innings. But the trepidation that you also have with the Colorado Rockies in this spot as well is that they just don't wind up hitting on the road. This is a team that they get right around 1.3 home runs per game at home on the road. That goes to 0.5 and they average right around 5.9 runs per game at home compared to more like 3.1 on the road. And for the years in the Diamondbacks, big reason why they've been really the top under team in all of baseball when they bet at home this season is that their power numbers really shrink when they're out there in the desert. They get over 1.5 home runs per game when they're on the road at home. That winds up shrinking to about 0.9. Now, you do have Christian Walker who's been able to give you 21 home runs. He's been mashing both at home and on the road. David Peralta, Dalton Varsho combined 23 home runs, and both of these guys have been able to between about a 242-250, but the batting average for this team still has been very porous going into Friday. A team that was hitting as a collective, a 220 that is in the bottom five of the big league says you've got Sergio Contro, Geraldo Perdomo. You're able to throw in there someone like a Christian Walker I mentioned a little bit earlier, Cooper Hummel, hitting a 215 or lower for this team. And for the Colorado Rockies, someone like a CJ Crone. It's 15 home runs at home this far this season, five home runs on the road. It's been very interesting to take a look at Brendan Rodgers. He's got all eight of his home runs coming at home this far this season. Charlie Blackman has always been someone that has relatively big home and road splits as well as he's been hitting right around at 290 at home. 
Realm, 240 on the road, very representative of this Colorado Rockies team. Freeland is able to pitch relatively solid on the road. So I do think that this is going to be a lower scoring game, semi total at an 8.4. I'm looking under, but I don't think that the Rockies are going to be able to generate enough with their offense away from home. Set the Diamondbacks at a minus 132. So I'm looking sakes, and I'm going to be looking at the under 909910 on the betting board. The Pittsburgh Pirates at the road face off against the Milwaukee Brewers as Brandon Woodruff is going to be going for the crew, and Zach Thompson is on the bump. For the Buccos, 7.5 is your total over and under, both anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And with the Brewers, anywhere between minus 230 and minus 240 is your price. Pittsburgh is anywhere between plus 195 and plus 215. And with Brandon Woodruff, I've liked what I've seen out of him coming off of the injured list. I did wind up making the Brewers minus 243 on the money line. I'd like to be able to reduce the juice. And with the Brewers, you're finding them minus 110 on the run line. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 122. So I'm going to wind up laying the run in half and trust in the Milwaukee Brewers. It's not necessarily been a great offense for the Milwaukee Brewers because among guys that have been able to get consistent at-bats this season, Mark Barrasso really the only guy hitting above 260 for this bunch. But you do have quite a bit of balance. As Andrew McCutcheon, Colton Wong, Christian Yelich throw in there, Jace Peterson, Omar Narvaez, all these guys in between, I would say about a 245-28260. You've been able to have Willie Adams, Rowdy Tellez, both give you between 16 and 17 home runs apiece, but for Willie Adams, only a 207 this season. That's been a little bit of an issue for them. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, got a trio of guys. Brian Reynolds, Jack Swazinski, Michael Perez, that have all had three home run games over the last 30 days, but you don't have a lot of guys for this team. King on base. You take a look at the lineup that they trotted out there on Friday. You had one guy hitting above 250 for the team of Brian Reynolds. Now, you do have Cabrian Ace and Kevin Newman both hitting right around at 250, but Yoshi Satsugo, Diego Castillos, Wazinski, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Michael Perez, O'Neill, Cruz, a little bit of an understudy at the catcher spot, Jason DeLay. All these guys are hitting at 215 or lower, so that really takes the wind out of your sails. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, second worst bullpen in terms of ERA over the last 30 days in Major League Baseball at north of a five. David Pinar has started to have a little bit of regression. Manuel Benuelos has a Boeing 727 ERA. That's an SC2 terrific. Yuri De Los Santos has been solid. He, along with J.C. Young, sub-3 ERAs out there in this bullpen. Dwayne Underwood Jr. is able to give you a few innings, but it's been a little bit of a bruise and batter bullpen. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, Josh Hader has had a little bit of a rough go of it recently, but still, in my opinion, the best ninth inning guy in baseball. Devin Williams has been able to do a nice job holding down the fort. Hobie Milner has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. And for Brandon Woodruff, you take a look at the starts that he's made ever since coming off of the injured list, and this looks like the Brandon Woodruff that we all know and love. And his two starts, 11 innings pitch, 18 strikeouts, one run allowed, no walks. He has been amazing. And for Zach Thompson, ever since a just cataclysmically bad month of April where he wound up posting up a 10.05 ERA, he has been solid. He's posted up a sub-3 ERA from May until now. So he's been really able to find it in these last few months. And a big reason why is that his walks have been a little bit better. Overall for the season, he has been giving up right around 3.7, 3.8 walks per nine innings. A lot of those did wind up coming in the first month or so of the season as he had nine walks in his first four starts of the season, which only spanned 14 and a third inning. So he's been able to shrink that down. Never been necessarily too much of a swing and miss guy. Only going to give you right around six strikeouts per nine innings. But with the Milwaukee Bears, I do think that they're going to be in a little bit of a lower scoring game. But I think that this has went a little bit too far. I do think that Woodruff prone for a little bit of regression based on what we've seen in the first two starts of my regression. I think that he gives up more like two or three runs here. And then I do think that the Brewers are going to be able to get into Thompson. This has been a Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen that has not been too good recently. So I'm going to be one to lay the run line of the Milwaukee Brewers. 
being able to get it right around a minus 110 to a minus 120 appeals to me. And then I'm going to be taking a look at this little over as well. 9-11, 12 on the betting board. The San Francisco Giants at the road face off against the Slam Diego Padres. Hugh Darvish is going to be going for the pods. And one Carlos Rodan is going to be on the bump for the Giants. The Giants are finding themselves as a slight underdog here. You're going to be finding them in between minus 102 and a minus 107. Meanwhile, for Slam Diego, anywhere between minus 103 and minus 115 is your price. Six and a half to seven is your total. On the seven, the under is minus 120. The over is even. And on the six and a half, the over is minus 120. And the under is even. I set my total at a 6.8. I would rather have a six and a half over rather than a seven under. We've just seen it all season long. When the bookmakers wind up setting these totals to six and a half, it's just really a point of no return. And you really, really, really like to have a just absolutely dominant pitching matchup. If you're going to be taking a look at that 6F under him, I just don't see that here. You Darvish has been able to do a solid job, and Carlos Rodon is relatively solid as well. But for one, neither of these teams are necessarily backed up by a great bullpen. And for Carlos Rodon, it's been a little bit of a horse piece situation for him when he's been on the road, as his ERA races by about 1.4 points. He's only given up two home runs and 52 innings on the road thus far this season, but the walks are a little bit of an issue with him. He gives up three walks per nine innings, and when he does wind up giving up the walks, that leads to bringing in a San Francisco Giants bullpen that has been a little bit below average thus far this season. For the San Francisco Giants, you can tell that they're just really missing Buster Posey and the way that he was able to help those bullpen guys be able to maneuver. Now, you do have a couple guys out there in the bullpen like Jarlin Garcia, John Brebbia. These two guys have been relatively solid. And Dominique Leone has been able to give you some good innings as well. But also an issue for the San Francisco Giants is that it was a Sammy Long start yesterday, which means that you know, it's pretty much a bullpen game for them as well. So a lot of these arms are tired. Meanwhile, the Padres, they've got a little bit more left in the tank. Taylor Rogers has been able to do a good job giving this team 20-plus saves. But you do have Taylor Scott out there. They're a guy that... They are hoping is going to be able to give the team a little bit of something as they picked him up off the scrap heap. Tim Hill has not necessarily been too terrific this year with a 475 ERA. I do like Nabel Krismet, though. And for you, Darvish, the way that he has pitched at home versus on the road with the San Diego Padres is just stark. Book 75 home ERA, 525 road ERA, and his home and road splits last year were about two points different. So I do think that that's something very significant to take a look at for Darvish. Only has allowed two home runs in 46 and a third innings at home compared to seven bombs in 48 innings on the road. So I do think that there is something to his home and road splits. And I do think that the Padres are going to be able to get to Carlos Rodon just a little bit here. You do have a Padres team that may really rely upon Manny Machado for power. He's been able to give the team 13 home runs, hitting well above a 300, but do have a couple guys like Jake Cronenworth, Luke Voigt, Awesome Kim, rolling between about a 232-240. Jose Azucar has been able to do a nice job moving the line. No home runs for him, but has been able to do a nice job getting on base. No Mazar has been able to hit well for the team. Eric Cosmer hitting right around 275. And for the San Francisco Giants, Jock Peterson has been incredible with what he's been able to do with right around 17 home runs. And he has been able to give the team right around about a 265-270-ish batting average. But you take a look past that, a lot of guys sitting in that fold of, I would say, about a 230 to a 245. Evelyn Goria, Wilmer Flores, Austin Wins, Kirk Caselli, Tommy Lostella. So you got a lot of guys that they've just been sort of average bats. And the Giants, just with the way that their bullpen has fallen off, it's been a big reason why, in my opinion, the team has been in their recent funk. So this is a spot in which I do think that the 6.5 has just went a little bit too low. I would rather have a 6.5 over rather than a 7 under personally. And when it comes to San Diego Padres, with the way that you Darvish has been able to pitch at home, I do have a little bit more faith in them. I'm going to lay up to a minus 112 with the San Diego Padres. I'm seeing mostly right around about a minus 110-ish on them. So we're looking 
Padres, and I'm going to be taking a look at the 6F over 913-914 on the betting board. The Chicago Cubs, they are going to be in the road face-off against the LA Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw is going to be going for the Dodgers, and it is good old to be determined for the Chicago Cubs. At last check, I was seeing Justin Steele most likely being the starter for the Chicago Cubs, and that's what I've got handicapped, but as of right now, it is a little bit of a DVD situation, as the Cubs in general have been dealing with a lot of pitching woes, to say the least, as far as the season. If it is Justin Steele versus Clayton Kershaw, I set the Dodgers as a minus 252 favorite, and more significantly, on the run line, set the Dodgers at a minus 140, because the Dodgers, they have won 53 games as far as the season, all but five of them have been by two-plus runs, so the Dodgers are not playing a lot of games that make you warrant taking a big jockey money line to avoid a one-run game because over 90% of their wins have been by two-plus runs, and if you do end up getting Justin Seal, command has been a little bit of an issue for him, giving up right around 4.3 blocks per nine innings. Now, he's been able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up just five home runs over the course of 76-plus innings. Oh, ERA right around a 4.13, and his strikeout numbers are good, right around nine strikeouts per nine innings, but he's been significantly worse on the road, 586 ERA on the road, and opponents are right around at 265 off of him when he is away from Wrigley Field, so it's a little bit of an issue, and if it does wind up being a bullpen game for the Cubs, this could wind up getting into that $3 territory, because this bullpen has not been good. They are in the bottom five in the big leagues. In terms of bullpen ERA, we have seen a lot of guys over the last, we're going to call it 45 days, really see a big fall. Like a Rowan Wick, for example, last three days, 675 ERA. He just has not been good. Scott Efres has seen a relatively big fall off himself. Anderson Espinosa, not a lot of faith in him. Chris Martin has nearly a four ERA. And for the LA Dodgers, it's really been the smaller guys that have been able to step up in the bullpen. Yancey Almonte, Evan Phillips, these two guys have a sub-2 ERA. Caleb Ferguson is someone that they brought back after he wanted missing darn near all of last season. He's been able to give the team some solid innings. Meanwhile, Craig Kimbrell entered into Friday with right around a 482 ERA, and it's really not been trustworthy, but who is pretty trustworthy, Clayton Kershaw. Now, over, I would say, the last 20 or so home starts for him since the end of the 2020 season, that final month, he has been giving up some rockets at home, giving up right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings in that time span, but has been able to do a nice job, being able to get swings and misses this year, nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings, a little bit of an older guy, so you got to feel like if there's any sort of just signs of not greatness from him that they are going to be pulling him out relatively early, but with the Dodgers, this offense is whole once again. You've got Mookie Betts back in the fold, 20 home runs hitting at 275. That is big, and you do have a quadrant of guys hitting between 10 and 13 home runs for this team. Will Smith, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Cody Bellinger, Bellinger, he's still a little bit lost at the plate. He and Max Muncy hitting below a 220, but Gavin Lux has been able to do a nice job moving the line. He's hitting nearly a 300 along Freddie Freeman along Trey Turner, and for the Cubs, they do a good job of being able to get on base. You've got Christopher Morrell along with a little bit of a younger guy in Nelson Velasquez hitting between about a 262-275 ENF. His on-base percentage offers right around a 375. Wilson Contreras has been dealing with injuries, so that has hurt the seam a little bit. But you still do have someone like Patrick Wisdom who's been able to hit 17 home runs. Wrong with him is that he's possibly going to be able to get over 200 strikeouts this year. That has not necessarily been too terrific. But as I said, with the Chicago Cubs, I do think that they are going to be dominated in this spot, whether it be Justin Seal or a bullpen game. If it is Seal, I'm saying the Dodgers minus 140 laying a run and a half. And I would be making that total in Kershaw versus Justin Seal 8.3 to where an 8 or less I'd be looking at an over 8.5 or higher to the under. If it's a bullpen game of the Cubs, it could wind up going to closer to $3 with more like an 8.5 being a take on the over. 9.15, 9.16. On the betting board, the Chicago White Sox. They're going to be playing the Detroit Tigers. Garrett Hill is going to be going for the Tigres. And you've got Johnny Cueto on the bump 
for the White Sox. White Sox are finding themselves anywhere between minus 167 and minus 175 favorites. Meanwhile, with Detroit, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 150 and plus 157. 8.5 is your total. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And I did wind up saying the White Sox as a minus 186 favorite. I was willing to take the run line as long as it was even money or better. Right now, I'm finding that at a plus 115, so I'm willing to double on the run line with Gerardel. Actually looked very solid at the minor league level. He was getting right around 12 strikeouts per nine innings. Command could sort of be a little bit wonky with him, but he's been able to do a good job with his relative stuff. First start that he wound up getting against the Cleveland Guardians, he looked impressive. He gave up a solo home run over the course of six innings, and that was one of just two hits that he wound up allowing. So he looked really good, but now there's going to be a little bit more tape out on him, and Johnny Cueto, the old 36-year-old, has actually been able to do a very solid job this far this season for the Chicago White Sox. What I find to be interesting about Cueto, though, Buck 74 road ERA compared to a 497 ERA at home. The command of Johnny Cueto has been relatively solid, right around 2.5 walks per 9 innings. The strikeouts per 9 rate, that winds up going to right around 7 in. White Sox bullpen looking a little bit more solid now that they've got Liam Hendricks back in the full. Kendall Graveman has been able to do a solid job for the team as well, but there's really no trusting in. Matt Foster, Joe Kelly, both of these guys have north of a 5 ERA. Jose Ruiz, he's actually looked better recently over his last 30 days, 263 ERA after things were very, very brutal for him towards the beginning part of the season. And for the Detroit Tigers, they do wind up backing up Mr. Hill with one of the best bullpens out there in the big leagues. They are in the top five in terms of that bullpen. Now, Willie Peralta is currently on the injured list. That does wind up hurting them a little bit, but Alex Lang has a sub-3 ERA. Michael Fulmer right around a 2-ish ERA. Andrew Chafin, Jason Foley. These guys have been able to give you some solid innings as well. And the Detroit Tigers, they're big bugaboo. They just can't put bat to ball right now. As you've got Cody Clements, Avi Baez, Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Robbie Grossman, Spencer Torkelson. You're able to go down the list. Eric Haas of guys that are currently hitting below a 210 for them. Now, I will say Eric Haas above a 210. So we're going to give him a little bit of credit where credit is due. And you do have Miguel Cabrera hitting a 300. But right now, Javi Baez and his eight home runs. That currently leads the way for the Detroit Tigers. And going into Friday, the Detroit Tigers as a collective 50 home runs as far this season. The duel of Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo currently have more home runs than that. Meanwhile, the Chicago White Sox, they've only got one guy that's been able to give them a double-digit amount of home runs as far this season. That'd be Jose Abreu, though I will say Abreu along with Luis Robert, both hitting a 290 and for Abreu, really hitting more like a 340 over the last 30 days. Eloy Jimenez is back off the injured list. That should be able to help them out. Sebi Zavala and limited at-bats filling in for you guys. Monty Grandal hitting well above a 300. Anderson continuing it above a 300 as well. The big thing for the Chicago White Sox is that they wind up hitting left-hand pitching significantly better than righties. Hill is a righty, and they hit about 40 points better in terms of their batting average against righties versus lefties. But I do think that Hill is going to have a few command issues in this one that is going to cause them to wind up coming out of this game early. And I just don't think that the Detroit Tigers are going to be able to lend a lot of run support for him. I don't think that Hill is actually going to give too bad of a start whatsoever. But, I mean, if Hill winds up allowing three runs, there's a chance that the Tigers wind up losing on the run line because they might get just one in this spot. So, I did wind up saying my total at 7.8. You're on an 8.5. I'm looking under and with the White Sox getting a plus price on the run line. I'm going to be willing to nibble there as well. 9.17, 9.18 on the betting board. The Baltimore Orioles are going to be playing OC LA Angels as Patrick Sandoval is going to be going for the Halos and Dean Kramer is on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore is finding themselves a slight underdog. Anywhere between plus 102 and minus 105 for the Angels. It's anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. 8.5 is your total. Over and under are both at minus 110. When it comes to the Angels, I wind up saying them as a minus 127 favorite. Been pretty impressed by what 
I've seen out of Patrick Sandoval this season on. An Angels team that has been a flaming dumpster fire. He's been a beacon of hope, giving up just four home runs over the course of 70 innings thus far, and right around nine and a half strikeouts per nine. You take a look at what he's been able to do on the road as well, and it's been relatively solid. 338 road ERA, 284 ERA at home, giving up just two home runs, both at home and on the road, 30-plus innings in each of those environments. So that has been solid. The big thing with him, though, is that he needs to cut down on the walks a little bit. Sandoval is giving up right around four walks per nine innings, and this is an Angels bullpen that it's not good. Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, Rossio Iglesias, your 7th through ninth inning guys, all posted up in the area of a 3-5 or greater, and been a case in which they've been relying upon Jimmy Hergett for quite a few innings. He's currently on the injured list. I will say Jose Quijada as a sub-3 ERA Elvis Piguero, though there's no having any faith in him whatsoever. And then for the Baltimore Orioles, this has been a top-six team in terms of bullpen ERA all season long, as you've got pretty much a quadrant of guys that'll be able to post up a sub-250 ERA for this team. Ciano Perez, you're able to throw in there the long guy, Keegan Aiken, Ore Lopez, Felix Batista. Joey Kreeble as well. All these guys have been able to do their job. Dylan Tate, now is a 2.52 ERA, so he winds up getting demoted from that. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they've been able to do a nice job of being able to move the line and get on base. Honestly, a lot of home run power for the team. You do have Anthony Santander, who's been able to give you 15 home runs, and Ryan Mountcastle with 14. But Mountcastle, Austin the Say's kid, Cedric Mullins, Trey Boomba Mancini, only between about a 263 to 280 for the team. And Ryan McKenna, limited pass, he's been able to step up. He's hitting a little bit over 250 for the team now. Bottom of the full, guys like Tyler Nevin, Jonathan Aruz, Ore Mateo, Rude and Odor. These guys are hitting a 205 or less, but Odor has been able to give the team some extra bases recently. Ore Mateo, one of the best base players out there in the big leagues as well, and when it comes to the Angels, it's been a team that's really been struggling with the bats going into what we wound up seeing on Friday. They had scored three runs or fewer in six out of their last eight games, and you've got plenty of power on this team. Taylor Ward hitting above a 300 double-digit amount of formers. Jared Walsh, Shoei Otani, a combined 30 home runs for these two gentlemen. Otani hitting right around 255. Walsh, more like a 245. And Mike Trout, he's been having a little bit of a funk recently, but even in that funk, still a 370 on base, still 23 home runs for him. A little bit of a tough heavy team of their own. Guys like Brandon Marsh, Max Stassi, Luis Renifo, they've had a little bit of a tough time of it getting on base as well. So I did wind up setting this to where the Angels are, minus 127 favorite, because I just don't know how much I buy into Dean Kremer. Kremer has been able to do a solid job this season. And it starts 248 ERA, two home runs allowed over the course of 32 and two-thirds innings, but prior to his last five starts, the team all-time had been 3-15 and 15 in his 18 starts. He's come back, and he's looked relatively solid recently, but had a hiccup giving up five runs in four two-thirds innings against the Texas Rangers. He's done a lot of his damage against lesser offenses thus far this season, so I do think that there might be a little bit of regression due in for him, and that's a result of the 9.2 total that I wound up setting on this game as well. I do think that the Angels will I'm going to give up quite a bit. I think that Kremer going to have a little bit of a tough time with it as well. So looking at the Angels here, willing to lay up to a minus 127 and looking at the over 919, 920 on the betting board. The Minnesota Twins, they have the road to face off against the Texas Rangers and what will be the basis of the DK Nation pick as Martin Perez is going to be on the bump for the Rangers and Devin Smeltzer is on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota's find themselves in between even money and plus 107 and with the Texas Rangers, find them any between minus 115 and minus 120. 8 to 8.5 is your total. On the 8.5, the under is minus 120, the over is even, and on the 8, 
Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 105. And when it comes to Martin Perez and company, they might have seen the Texas Rangers at a minus 140. Martin Perez has been incredibly impressive, giving up two runs or fewer in 10 out of his last 13 starts. I should say earned runs because he has been the victim of a few unearned runs. And the renaissance year for Martin Perez has really been because he's been able to cut down on the walks, giving up right around 2.2 to 2.3 walks per nine innings from 2018 to 2020. This guy was giving up more like 3.6 walks per nine innings. Now with Martin Perez, you got to feel like he's going to be the victim of the deep ball a little bit more. He's pitched 100 innings this year, and he's given up four home runs. So he's giving up one home run every 25 innings. That's something that's a little bit unsustainable, but I mean, at home, this guy's been magic. 46 and a third innings at home, giving up one home run, 11 walks, opponents starting at 227 off of him. He has been one of the best home pitchers in all baseball thus far this season, and Devin Smeltzer all of a sudden is just getting absolutely tattooed as the guy has given up eight home runs over the course of his last five starts, which is a big worry spot for him, and on top of that, 10 home runs surrendered in his last six starts, so he's giving up a lot of hard contact. This is not a swing and miss guy. Martin Perez isn't either. He gets right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, but Smeltzer is even worse. He gets more like five and a half strikeouts per nine innings, and for Smeltzer, his ERA doubles when he's on the road. 410 road ERA compared to a 210 ERA at home, so that is a big giant worry for him now. Smeltzer only giving up right around two blocks per nine innings, but with the Walker Texas Rangers, it's been an offense that has been functional for this team. They've actually been towards the top half of the big leagues in a lot of categories, and you take a look at the lineup that they wanted trotting out there on Friday, and you wound up having all the two guys with a double-digit amount of homers. The reason why this finds it going under the radar is that you had three guys with approximately 10, two guys with 12, and then Corey Seager, Adelise Garcia, 15 and 16 respectively. You don't necessarily have that one guy that's popped off for a big batting average, as you've got Garcia mentioned earlier, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Josh Smith, along Cole Calhoun, only between about a 233 to a 246. You don't have anyone that's demonstratively good. You don't have anyone that's demonstratively bad. Meanwhile, for the Minnesota Twins, you do have the demonstratively good with Brian Buxton. He's been able to get a home run every 11 or so at bats. He's only hitting about a 220, though. Luis Rice hitting a 354 on during into Friday. That is the best mark out there in the big leagues. Carlos Correa, he's been able to do 85 as well. And then Alex Kurloff, Nick Gordon, Gio Rochelle, in between about a 262 and 270, but got more ups and downs when it comes to this Minnesota Twins lineup. And for the Twins, they don't back up their guy in Devin Smeltzer with the same bullpen that you've got with the Texas Rangers. Brock Burke has been able to give the Texas Rangers team a sub-2 ERA. Matt Moore, failed starter, has been terrific out there in the bullpen. Joe Barlow, a sub-3-5 ERA. Dennis Santana, sub-2 ERA. And when it comes to the long guys for the Swins team, Yohan Duran along Griffin Jacks, both of these guys have been very good. Both of these guys posting up a sub-3 ERA, but then you wind up getting into Emilio Pagan, Caleb Theobar, both of these guys north of a 5 ERA. Trevor McGill is someone that I do like for this team, but that said, it has been a little bit of an up-and-down bullpen for this Minnesota Twins team, and I do think that Martin Perez going to be continuing the dominance that he's been showing this season. I'm going to lay up to a minus 140 as a result with the Texas Rangers, so DK Nation pick going to be on the money line of the Texas Rangers, and I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower-scoring game with the way that the Rangers have been able to play so well in Martin Perez's starts and the way that the bullpen has been able to perform. Set my total at 7.7, looking under DK Nation pick on the Rangers money line. 921-922 on the betting board, the Oakland A's. They're going to be playing OC Houston Astros. Framber Valdez is going to be going for the Astros. Right now it is good old to be determined for the A's. Right now I am seeing Cole Irvin as a projected starter 
for the A's, but as of right now, we have no idea what it's going to be, and if it is going to be Mr. Irvin going up against Framber Valdez, I would be willing to set the Astros more around a minus 215. I am right now seeing on ESPN that it's going to be Zach Logan. If you wind up getting Zach Logan, I'm going to have to make this closer to about a 250, maybe even a little bit more than that, because there's really no trusting in Mr. Zach Logan. If you do wind up having Logan against Framber Valdez, the question becomes, what do you wind up making this very, very huge run line at? And I think that it would warrant in the neighborhood about a minus 155-ish. Because, I mean, when it comes to what you're going to be able to get out of Zach Logan Company, he's got a 547 ERA. Doesn't necessarily have great underlying numbers as well for Mr. Logan. It's a case of which he's got a 675 home ERA, 486 ERA on the road, five starts and a long relief appearance along the way, giving up over two and a half home runs for nine innings. Says a little bit of swing and miss stuff, but uh, opponents are getting a 290 off of them. Did not wind up lighting it up at the minor league level as well, giving up over three and a half walks per nine innings as well. So there's really not a lot of redeeming qualities. And the problem for the A's is, for one, their offense stinks. And two, they go up against a guy in front of Valdez who's done by far his best work on the road. Buck 69 road ERA compared to a 404 ERA at home. He's done a great job being able to keep the ball in the yard. Six home runs and one or one innings. And the weakness for Framber Valdez thus far this season has been the swing and miss stuff, getting right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. But he's coming off of by far his best start of the year. 13 punch outs over the course of six innings. I can see LA Angels did have a little bit of a tough time in terms of command in that one, but he's gotten at least five strikeouts in each out of his last five starts. Six plus punch outs in four out of the last five as well, so he has really been able to do a good job of keeping guys off guard. And for the Oakland A's, who's going to be able to put bat to ball for the team? This is a little bit more of a daytime game, which means that the Marine layer not going to be as prevalent in this game, but for the Oakland A's, you've got one guy that's been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, and that's Seth Brown, and you've really got two guys that are in above a 230 that wound up seeing any sort of an at-bat yesterday. Ramon Laureano, coupled with Christian Bethencourt, both of these guys have been relatively solid, but this is just such a bad lineup that has absolutely no power whatsoever. They don't steal any bases. They really don't have a lot of redeeming qualities. And then for the Houston Astros, Jordan Alvarez, 26 home runs, hitting above a 300. He has been incredible for this team. And then on top of that, Jeremy Pena, he did wind up getting the day off yesterday, but he, Jose Altuve, both in between about a 272, 280. Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, between 16 and 17 home runs apiece for both of these gentlemen. Alex Bregman only in about a 240, but on base percentage is north of a 350. Jake Myers has been able to 300 since he's been getting consistent at bats now. With the Astros, you do have a couple dead bats for the team. Yuli Gurriel, Alamendi Ciaz, Mauricio Dubon, Jose Siri, Martin Maldonado, really the entire catcher's Spot, hitting a 226 or lower for the scene, but with the Astros, they and the New York Yankees jockeying for who should be number one in terms of bullpen ERA. It's both of them have been absolutely magnificent. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression here as Rafael Motero, sub two ERA, got a sub one ERA out of Seth Martinez along with Ryan Stanek, but you also do have someone in Ryan Presley. You've got to figure it's going to be doing for a little bit of positive progression. And for the Oakland A's, Sam Mal, AJ Puck, they've been able to provide a sub three five ERA for the scene. Domingo Acevedo, Zach Jackson, some relative okay innings as well, but when you're looking to guys like his Sam Selman, Lou Trevino, for innings, it's not necessarily going well there, so the spot in which 
If you do wind up getting Zach Logue against Framber Valdez, I'd be saying the Astros right around a minus 250 favorite, and I'd be willing to lay up to about a minus 150 to a minus 155 on the run line. And with Valdez versus Logue, 7.5 or less looking over, 8 or higher to the under. Obviously, a little bit of subject to change. If it will be Cole Irvin, it'd be more like a minus 210 to a minus 215 on the Astros, so I'd be cutting that down quite a bit. But in Logue versus Valdez, very demonstrative to the Houston Astros in this one with a total which 7.5 or less will be looking at it over. 923-924 on the betting board. The Kansas City Royals are going to be playing a Sook Cleveland Guardians as Tristan McKenzie is going to be going for the Guardians and John Heasley is on the bump for the Royals. The Royals are finding themselves as an underdog. Anywhere between even money and plus 110. Meanwhile, anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 is your price on Cleveland. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 8.5. Over is minus 120. The under is even on the 9. Under is minus 120 and the over is even. And with Tristan McKenzie set him as a minus 145 favorite. John Easley has actually been able to pitch a little bit better here down the stretch for the Kansas City Royals, but do not wind up having a lot of faith in him as it's been a rough go of it in terms of a command sort of ordeal as John Easley giving up right around 4.6 walks per nine innings, which that is really the troubling part of him because he is backed up by a bullpen that is said last in the American League in terms of ERA and Easley's been worse at home than on the road. 540 home ERA, 430 ERA on the road. He's not necessarily giving up a bunch of bombs at home. Two home runs, give it up in 21 and two-thirds innings. Just a case of which he doesn't wind up getting a lot of swings and misses either. He's only getting right around six strikeouts for nine innings. Tristan McKenzie, meanwhile, he had some command issues last season, has really been able to rein those in thus far this season. As for Tristan McKenzie, he's given up 2.3 walks per nine innings. The home run ball is a little bit of an issue. 1.6 home runs per nine innings, but this is also a Kansas City Royals bunch that they've been dealing with some ailments in terms of their lineup as Bobby Wood Jr. is the only guy that is healthy and available given they seem a double-digit amount of homers and don't have a lot of guys getting on base for this team as any Pasquinto, Kyle Isabel, Nicky Lopez, Emmanuel Rivera, all in a 225 or lower along with MJ Melendez, Bobby Wood Jr., Whit Merrifield. They both entered into... Friday hitting a 236. Andrew Benatendi, he's been able to hit a 320 and Osher has been able to move the line, but past that, not much of anything. And then Jose Ramirez, it's been a little bit cold in terms of the deep ball recently, but still hitting a 285 with 16 home runs. And then you've got Andres Jimenez hitting a 300 for this team. Steven Kwan, Amid Rosario, they're both hitting right around a 275. They've been mixing and matching the Guardians have with regards to their lineup, and you need Miles Straw to be able to pick it up hitting below the middle line of 200, but with the Guardians, bullpen has been a little bit up and down, but you have a little bit more faith in these guys. James Karinczak, Wind up just getting acclimated off the injured list. Got to figure that it's going to take a few appearances before he's firing all cylinders. But Emmanuel Classe, he is firing all cylinders. One of the best closers out there in the big leagues. Sub-2 ERA. He has been incredible. Eli Morgan, along with Sam Entages, both of these guys have been able to do a solid job out there in the bullpen. Sub-3 ERAs for receiving. He's been able to give you some nice innings as well. And with the Kansas City Rails currently being without Josh Jamon in that bullpen, Joel Payams has been relatively solid. But Taylor Clark has been a hot mess. You still have Amir Garrett out there giving you north of a 6 ERA. Really hard to have a lot of faith in this team with the Cleveland Guardians. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 145 with them. So we're going to be taking a look at the Cleveland Guardians in this spot. I did want to say my total at a 9.3. I think that the Guardians, a team that out of their 61 home runs, Going into Friday, 41 of them have been on the road. They are going to be able to get a little bit of power going against this Kansas City Royals team. And I do think that the Royals, they themselves with their offense getting a little bit hotter, going to be able to generate some runs as well. So looking over and looking, Guardians, 925-926 on the main board. The New York Yankees, they're going to be facing off against the Boston Red Sox. To be determined, is it going to be going for the Boston Red Sox? And Jordan Montgomery is going to be on the bump for New York. This is a game that is presently off the board. But with that said, I'm thinking that it's going to be Cutter Crawford who winds up getting the start here 
for the Boston Red Sox. And whenever Cutter Crawford has wound up going, typically the Red Sox like to use an opener for him. But Austin Davis was that opener for him on the 4th of July, so would not be surprised if that winds up being how they wind up going about this. And if it is Cutter Crawford against Jordan Montgomery, I'm saying the Yankees right around a minus 170 favorite. I thought it was very telling because I was on VEASAN a few nights ago and I had on Matt Peralt, someone who just lives and breathes Boston sports in general. And the Red Sox going into the series have not won a series all year long against American League East Foe. And why is that going to happen this time around? The New York Yankees were able to just slug their way to a few home runs yesterday. I mean, Josh Donaldson has had two home runs in this series thus far. You've got Aaron Judge who's been able to supply his 30 home runs. You've been able to get a lot of power out of John Carlos Sand along with Anthony Rizzo. Combined 40 home runs between those two gentlemen. And then you've got the guys that are moving the line for this team as Marwin Gonzalez, Jose Trevino. Both of these guys in between about a 245 to a 255. Gleyber Torres, DJ LeMayu, you're able to throw in there. Matt Carpenter, I mentioned a little bit earlier, in between about a 265 to a 275 along with Isaiah Canerfalefa. And for the New York Yankees, it's been a bullpen that has been absolutely supreme this year. You've got Clay Holmes giving you a ERA of like a 050. Wani Peralta has been able to do a nice job for the team. If you need a long guy, J.P. Sears has already lent some very good starts. He's come out of the bullpen. Michael King has been good. And for the Boston Red Sox, it's been a bullpen that has been a little bit of a hot mess. Anson Robles wound up getting DFA'd. It's been a bad year for Ryan Brazier thus far. And then you've got Austin Davis. He's been able to provide a sub-2 ERA along John Schreiber. These two guys have been rock solid, but Tyler Danish starting to see some regression. He, along with Brazier, have right around a 4-ish ERA. And for Cutter Crawford, if he does wind up getting the start, he's got a 5 ERA. And He's been very hard to miss thus far this season as he's been able to give you right around 11 strikeouts per 9 innings, but the command is not there. He gives up 4.5 walks per 9 innings, and that allows him to not necessarily be able to go very deep. He's won 5 and a third innings or fewer in pretty much every one of his appearances for his career, so I don't necessarily have a lot of faith that Cutter Crawford is going to be able to come in and hold down the fort against a guy in Jordan Montgomery who has pitched very well on the road. For Jordan Montgomery, has been able to do a good job no matter where he's been of just not giving up cheap bases. He winds up having a walks per 9 rate Right around 1.7. Not going to give a bunch of strikeouts. 7.2 strikeouts per 9 innings. But 319 OBRA. 319 RODRA. That is the textbook just example of consistency right there. I do think that Montgomery going to be able to come out, lend a good start, backed up by a great bullpen and a great lineup as well. So he set the Yankees at a minus 173, one layup to a minus 110 on the run line if it is Montgomery against Crawford. And this is the total I set at a 9.6. So 9.5 or less, I'd be looking at a over 10 or higher to the under. 9.27, 9.28 on the bang board. Seattle Mariners are going to be playing us to the Toronto Blue Jays. As you've got Alec Manoa is going to be going for the Jays and Robbie Ray is going to be on the bump for the Mariners. The Mariners are finding themselves as an underdog anywhere between plus 105 and plus 114. Meanwhile, with Toronto, it's anywhere between minus 122 and minus 125. Seven is your total over and under, both at minus 110. And I do want to sending the Blue Jays at a minus 138. The one guy that you've really been able to bank on all season long has been Alec Manoa. Now, he had a rough start last time out against the Oakland A's, but Alec Manoa has really been able to perform on the road thus far this season. 247 road ERA compared to a 221 ERA at home, and has been able to keep the ball in the yard as well. He's given up 0.8 home runs per nine innings as Walks per nine rate is sub two. Opponents staring at 213 off of him. His swing and miss stuff is actually down from when he was a rookie. More like eight punch outs per nine innings, but he has been able to do a very solid job. Aside from that start that he wound up having his last time out against Oakland, has really been consistent all year long, giving up three earned runs or fewer. And for Robbie Ray, 
you have to question if this is for real or if this is just a little bit of a example of going up against bad competition because he has given up a combined three earned runs over his last five starts going between six and seven innings in all these last five starts he has been able to do a good job of being able to get swings and misses as he has been able to put up a combined 42 strikeouts in his last four starts as well so I mean this has been a completely different Robbie Ray from what we wound up seeing heck even just a month ago as his ERA going into the start that he wound up having against the Boston Red Sox that started this run was a 497 has now lowered itself to a 362 so he has just been on absolute fire with the Seattle Mariners recently and he has been significantly better at home than on the road 233 home area compared to a 524 ERA on the road and to the Mariners credit they have been number two in terms of bullpen ERA over the last 35 days Penn Murphy has been able to give this team some very solid innings you've got all of a sudden Diego Castillo who was terrible to begin the season over the last 35 days he's got a sub three ERA Ken Giles is now back in the fold for this bullpen he's been solid Paul Seawald a sub three ERA and with the Blue Jays it is a little bit of a hot mess of a bullpen as Jordan Romano has actually been able to do a halfway decent job as a closer for this team David Phelps, DeMesa, they both have a sub-3 ERA, but Anthony Banda, Casey Lawrence, you really can't trust in these guys, and for Lawrence, he wound up throwing Paul Cannings a couple days ago, so that's an issue. Sergio Romo, he's got right around a 7-ish ERA as well. Adam Simber has headed up and down season, but I still trust in this Blue Jays lineup much more than that of the Seattle Mariners. Now, the good news for the Seattle Mariners is that they now have Ty France back at the fold. He's a guy that's sitting above 300 for the team, leads the team with 45 RBI, and you have got Eugenio Suarez and Julio Rodriguez, 14 and 15 home runs apiece. Rodriguez, 275 batting average, 21 stolen bases. He has been incredible in Suarez, right around a 325 on base. J.P. Crawford has been a little bit cold recently. He's hitting about a 265. Adam Frazier, along with Austin Knapp, Dylan Moore, you're able to throw in there. Abraham Toro, these guys have been disappointments. And for the Blue Jays at the top, you've got George Springer, 250 batting average, 15 home runs. Liger Jr., 270 batting average, 19 home runs, and then Bobachet. He's been able to give you 13 bombs. He's hitting about a 255 to Oscar Hernandez for the seasoning at 255, but since coming off the injured list, more like a 300. Santiago Spenel's been able to get on base. Lourdes Gurriel sitting at 295. You've got Matt Chapman, who's been able to give you 13 home runs. Alejandro Kirk has been impressive as well. I just think that this is a game in which you're going to have two very good starters going out there. I trust in a little bit of a better lineup here in the Toronto Blue Jays of being able to get the job done. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of negative regression with the Seattle Mariners bullpen, if you take a look at their fielding independent in terms of their ERA, it's been one of the biggest differentials that we've seen over this 35-day span. So I do think that Regression Monster going to be coming to get the Seattle Mariners. So I think that both starters are going to be magnificent, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. Semi-total at 6.7. So you're at the 7. I'm looking at an under. one to lay up to a minus 138 with the Blue Jays. And we wrap things up with 929-930 on the bang board. The Cincinnati Reds, yes, we are on at Cincinnati. They're going to be playing us to the Tampa Bay Rays. Drew Rasmussen is going to be on the bump for the Rays. And Hunter Green is on the bump for Cincinnati. Nine is your total over is minus 120. The under is even on the race. Anywhere between minus 150 and minus 165 is your price. Between plus 140 and plus 142 is the price on the Reds. And I set the Rays at a minus 177 on the money line. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 120 on the run line. I'm currently finding that at plus money. Hunter Green is just giving up rockets this year. Over two and a half home runs per nine innings. You've got to feel like this is going to be a guy that in future years, because he's got that 100 mile per hour fastball, is going to be very solid. But unfortunately, this is the year 2022. This is not the year 2025. As Green overall for the campaign, giving up right in the pocket about 2.4 to 2.5 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate hovering right in the neighborhood about 3.8. Now, he does get strikeouts. He's been able to give the team right around 11 punch-outs per nine innings. And Drew Rasmussen making his second start since coming off the injured list has been a little bit rough on the road. 5'10 road area 
compared to a buck 65 ERA at home. And this is a Reds team that at home thus far this season, they're hitting about 40 points higher than they are on the road. And this is a Reds team that at home may be able to generate right around five runs per game. But going into what we wound up seeing yesterday, Reds at home had scored four runs or fewer really in seven out of their last nine games. So they have been regressing a little bit in terms of their home production as you do have Tommy Pham, Donovan Solano, Matt Reynolds, Nick Senzel, along with Alberto Mora Jr. now all inning between about a 240 to a 255 brand new jury. So it's been amazing for the team. 18 home runs in a 270. They've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Joey Votto. That hasn't really slowed them down as Jonathan India. You want to be getting the year injured as it provided a ton inning right around 220 for the team. But for the Tampa Bay Rays, getting back Juan Franco, absolutely massive for the team as he, along with Isaac Paredes, Randy Rosarena, all in between about a 252 265 with Isaac Paredes or last 28 days, 8 home runs for the team. You've also had Yandy Diaz hitting nearly a 300 with a 400 on base. G-Man Choi, 385 on base. These guys have been able to move the line. But at the bottom, Rene Pinto, Josh Loeb, Brett Phillips, Taylor Walls. These guys are in a 210 or lower. Vidal Brujan. It's not been terrific either, but what has been terrific for the Tampa Bay Rays, this bullpen. You've got a lot of guys that are posting up a sub-2-5 ERA for the team. Jason Adam has been the biggest of them. Now, J.P. Fireisen still on the injured list. Had not given up an earned run all season long, but J.T. Chargois is starting to come back for the team as well. Whenever Phoenix Sanders has been out there, he's actually been relatively solid as well, but Colin Pooch, Brooks Raley, more of your normal guys, they've been able to do a good job along with Matt Weisler, and for the Cincinnati Reds, this is by far the worst bullpen in terms of ERA out there in the big leagues, entering India yesterday over the last 35 days, north of a 7 ERA, and they wound up having to use up a lot of bullpen pieces in that double dip that they wound up having against the Pittsburgh Pirates on Thursday. You really don't have a lot of guys that have been able to come out there and do a nice job. Jeff Hoffman along with Alexis Diaz have been your two most trustworthy guys, and now you've got Alexis Diaz currently on the injured list. A lot of guys that are rocking right around a 4-5 ERA or greater, like a Hunter Strickland, Luis Sessa. It has not been a good time whatsoever for Revier San Martin as well. So I do think that this is going to be another tough one for the Cincinnati Reds. I'm going to lay a price on the Tampa Bay Rays run line. I'm currently getting it at plus 105, so I'm going to be taking a shot there. Somebody told at 9.7 with Wade the Rasmussen has been struggling a little bit more on the road, so I'm going to be taking a look at the 9 over as well. And that will wrap things up for the Saturday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN family of podcasts. Big thanks to Melissa Amrita. Does a great job over there at Oddshaker. She joined me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNRS41. Keep in mind, letters They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.